the This Week in Music History podcast with Marty Miller from Nova.ie and Radio Nova. Isn't it kind of weird that as the world looks at Ukraine and what's going on, that you can sort of think, well, we have to do the music podcast, the music history podcast, it's very important. Is it? No. The world is a strange place, though, to think that that's going on a few thousand kilometres away and here we are talking about music history. It's a weird world. This was the week between the 21st and 25th of February that in 1986 Metallica gave us a rather big one. In 1967, imagine this. One building, two huge bands, except, you know, one of them wasn't really that big at the time. Pink Floyd and the Beatles recording in studios next door to each other in EMI Records or Abbey Road. And what were the Beatles working on? I will share exactly what they were doing this week. And in 2016, Dolores O'Riordan gets into grief, crossing the Atlantic. All of that plus much more over the next few minutes. In fact, we'll start with that big one from 1986 and the Metallica album that was Master of Puppets. This was the last Metallica album with bassist Cliff Burton on. This week, Strangler Jean-Jacques Burnell turned 70. It's funny how you mellow with age, a little like Strangler's audiences. Um, well, it's, yeah, it's less, it's less mental, it's less violent. We don't get picked on anymore or attacked and, uh, because people come to see us for... Well, I suspect they, they know what... They've got a better idea of what to expect than in days past. This week back in 1967, Pink Floyd were working on their debut album, The Piper at the Gates of Dawn at Abbey Road Studios in London. The Beatles were next door, recording this week the giant piano chord for the end of A Day in the Life. This is a great story to remember the songwriter, the guitarist and the American singer Billy Strange. He died this week back in 2012 at the age of 81, but as a session musician, he played with the world-famous Wrecking Crew, so appeared on hit songs for Elvis and he worked with Nancy and Frank Sinatra, he played guitar on the Pet Sounds album for Beach Boys and stuff like this, but here's a great Billy story about him going number one but not knowing he was going number one. They put it out as a single and I think it got as high as 20 on the charts and then died. And I didn't hear anything about the song for, what, only 40 years or thereabouts? Watching Ocean's Eleven with George Clooney, and she elbowed me and said, that's your song. It was used in the world soccer matches. It had been, they had forced the release of the remix, and it was number one in the world. Worldwide, not just number one in Europe, but worldwide. And I hadn't even heard it until she told me about it. Speaking of Elvis, this week back in 1972, after nearly five years of marriage, Priscilla Presley moved out on Elvis, and the divorce came a year later. Here's Priscilla on Life with Elvis. And I realized that I don't know who I am. I mean, my, my considerations were his considerations, my fears were his fears, my likes were his likes. Um, In a conversation, I found myself 
revealing things that he would say to me mm -hmm. that, and I did not divorce him because I didn't love him. He was the love of my life, truly. If anything, I left because, and I still loved him. I needed to find out what the world was like, really. It was one world. To 1985 we go, and the Smiths were sitting top of the album charts with their album Meat is Murder. Great interview up on Nova.ie of 1985 era Smiths. The Smiths, in rehearsal for their tour, which begins next week. And the man at the microphone, well, I used to know him as Stephen. Now they call him Morrissey. To some people, Morrissey is the Smiths. Which is really pretty unfair, considering there are four people in the band and considering that they can't do much out there without good drumming and bass playing. Do you two ever get annoyed at the attention given to Morrissey? Um, no, not really. I think he deserves the attention he gets. Um, oh, oh, come on, come on. There must be a little... Sometimes when you think it's all, all Steve, all Steve Morrissey up there. Well, you never feel well we know that we're appreciated, so, I mean, but I mean, obviously, if we, if we don't do interviews and we're not on the TV, like, every... Like Morrissey had been. In 1975, this week, Led Zeppelin gave us their sixth album, Physical Graffiti. Now, recording sessions had, well, taken a slow lane. Why? Well, because bassist and keyboard player John Paul Jones had sort of said, I think I'll quit the band. There's a nice job there as choir master at Winchester Cathedral I might take up. He took some holidays and then he came back and he was in flying form again. It's no wonder he needed downtime, though. It was hard work being in Led Zeppelin. Here's Jimmy Page. Say one week, we'd probably have five shows in it. And each of those shows would be minimum of three hours long. Uh, that's some serious workout, both musically and physically. And... The, it gets to the point where people will go, oh, that was really excessive that they had a plane. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't because it meant that you could stay in New York, unpack your suitcase, and you could be based in New York while you flew into Philadelphia and you flew to Washington and you... It was uh, quite a workout. And speaking about flying around the place, 2016 Cranberry singer Dolores O'Riordan, God love her, was ordered to give six grand to charity after headbutting a guard when arrested at Shannon Airport in November of 2014 after an air rage incident. Singer Dolores O'Riordan was arrested following a flight from New York to Ireland after she allegedly assaulted an airline staffer and then she headbutted the cop who tried to arrest her. The 43-year-old singer was removed from the plane after it landed at Shannon Airport. She was taken to a local hospital but is still in police custody. More Zep news this week in 1972. 25,000 fans in Auckland, New Zealand. The group's first ever show in New Zealand. You've seen to see uh, 22,000 people sitting down. So... Uh, a quiet affair in parts. The band could be heard over nine kilometres away from the stadium they were playing. And in 2009 this week, President Obama honoured Stevie Wonder, his musical hero, with America's highest award for pop music, the Library of Congress Gershwin Prize, at a ceremony in the White House. Stevie turned up and played live in the living room, as you do. Ooh, 
that is a little look at the week that was from February 21st until 25th. My name is Marty Miller. We do it every single day on the radio. Just before 11 o'clock, we take a look at the day in music history. But for now, that's the podcast. Thanks for listening.